Philo community, welcome to the Philo podcast, where our goal is to help you become more effective so that your church can be more effective. And if you've been on this journey with us, you know all about this, about us. And if you're new to the Philo community, this statement defines basically everything we do. The Philo conference, Philo coaching, Philo cohorts, and our Philo resources, which include the book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas. You can find out all about all these things on our website at philo.org. And uh, speaking of the Philo Conference, we've been doing some pretty amazing work to prepare for our event in 2022, which is May 10th and 11th, to be precise. And we've been lining up some main session speakers, as well as some special online-only content. So I'm getting pretty excited about all the ways that God is going to show up and teach us all something new. If you haven't signed up yet, why not get tickets for you and your team now? I mean, it might be a great way to spend some of that remaining budget from 2021, if that is, if you have some. Uh, the prices are lowest that they will ever be uh, at $99 for the online ticket and $149 for the in-person experience. Uh, or there's a group price for both. So $79 for online and $119 for in-person. And for those of you wondering, the online version of the Philo Conference includes all the main sessions as well as all the breakouts where you can participate in the Q&A with the speakers during each session. There'll also be some pretty awesome bonus content for the online experience only. And so we'd love to have you join us either in person or online. I realize that buying tickets to the Fallow Conference might not be top of mind considering that Christmas is right over the horizon. How many of you are doing an online only Christmas still kind of not backed in person? Or maybe you're doing in person only and you've jettisoned the online version. Chances are you're doing both. And if Christmas wasn't overwhelming before, now it's an overdrive. On one hand, you know, it's amazing to be able to reach more people with the Christmas story than ever before. On the other hand, we need to start figuring out a plan now to be able to handle the double load. And if nothing else, it's an opportunity to build some great memories with our teams. Remember that one Christmas where we did online and in person and it was crazy? Yeah, good memories, hopefully. I'm currently leading a Philo coaching cohort, and the other day we were sharing different examples of some of our biggest production blunders. And one that I shared was from the very first Christmas service at Kensington Church uh, when I was a volunteer, and I think it was probably 1990. And we were meeting in a middle school cafetorium. We were really stretching our production capabilities. And I think it was a closing song, but we were doing it with a, one of those accompaniment tracks. I don't know if those of you who have been doing this a while, you remember this. It's a cassette tape. On one side is the original song. And then on the other side is all the music without the lead vocal, basically a karaoke track. I was always afraid of not queuing it up at the exact right moment. And so when I would play it, it would, you know, be in the middle of the first measure or too much time going by and just waiting for the cassette to kind of wind up. Those were the days. Anyway, I just, I hated those things. And anyway, so we're doing it for the Christmas service and maybe we got through the first couple of services, no problem. And then we we're on the last service and I'm sweating it big time. Did I forget? Did I do it right? And so I had it all queued up and I started playing it and I had it on the wrong side of the tape. So Sandy Patty started singing uh, along with the vocalist on stage. I mean, I was so mortified. Afterwards, I went up to apologize to the vocalist. Like, I am so sorry I did that. I have, you know, no excuse. And she said, you know what? I'd been praying before the service that God would help me in my voice because I was losing it and wasn't sure I was going to make it to the last service. And then 
the thing started and then Sandy Patty started to sing. I'm like, my prayers have been answered. So she was super relieved and yeah, thankfully that technology went away pretty quickly. Anyway, I hope your Christmases go smoother than that. Let's get to the podcast. Today's guest is a key contributor to the Philo podcast and that's because, well, there are many reasons why, but he edits every episode So I'm sure he's going to love working on this one, basically listening to himself for the whole time. Anyway, Ryan Pribble joins us today. He's a front of house engineer at his church. He's a key Philo player doing front of house for the Philo conference, plus doing all the editing, like I said, and other projects around here. But he's also mainly an audio sound designer for short films and TV and other videos. And he's, well, maybe most importantly, the husband of Chelsea, who's the driving force around here at Philo. We had a great time talking about all things audio for video, which he's become a master of. So let's just jump right in. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome to this side of the mic. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to yeah. the, the bad side. I don't know, the it's too late to do anything about side of the mic. I'll probably be on both sides this <laughs> yeah, time. So, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he said he was going to just take out any parts that he didn't really like, uh, any of his answers. Throughout the course of my career, I always said I was on the wrong side of the mic because the other side was where all the money was being made. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I was thinking this morning about just how we met and how like our lives intersected. And I don't know that I could like nail down a moment. Yeah. It's just sort of like you were around, I was around, we were around. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah. And now we can't get enough of each other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So those circles of being around really were from our days being at Willow Creek. You were a volunteer. Yep. I was on staff. I'd be curious just to tell your story. Like maybe what are you doing now other than editing the best podcast on- Ever. Yeah, ever on the planet. And yeah, and then sort of how you got to this place. Yeah. So I am now a owner of a business called Level Audio and I'm a sound designer mixer for TV shows, independent films, commercials, short films, church videos, all kinds of stuff. So how I got there was when I was about 10 years old, my parents changed churches and we started attending a church in Crystal Lake called Hope Covenant. And I met a guy named Kevin Kester when I was about 10 years old and he invited me into the sound booth. And I was, you know, just a kid and kind of interested in buttons and knobs and stuff. And he was like, yeah, let me show you what's going on. And we started becoming friends and he was maybe five years old. I think he's five or six years older than me. And so he was kind of the head sound guy right, at okay. the church. The only sound guy, really. Um, <laughs> I but, mean, you might as yeah. well put that title on you. Yeah, if, right. you're, if you're the yeah. only one, might as well be yeah. Yeah, the guy in charge. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he invited me into the booth. We became friends. Within a year or so, I was shadowing him and kind of showing up to church early to watch him. And he let me sit in the booth and sit next to him. And I was just this kid, you know. And so, yeah, by I think maybe like 11 years old or so, I was starting to run services with his supervision and stuff. Right. And uh-huh. then fast forward a bunch of years, you know, we're alternating the 9 a.m. or the 11 a.m. service. And he starts going to college for a sound, gets a job at the local radio station, Star 105.5 here in Crystal Lake as the like production manager. So he's recording and producing commercials. Well, he gets me a job there when I was 14 to do sort of the night shift where I'm loading in tapes into their computer system. And this is like 94, so quite a while ago. Anyway, he 
gave me that opportunity to start editing sound. Okay. Not only running live sound, but also editing sound. Editing the carts down to 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I would take, he'd give me like, do a few promos. So figure out what songs we're playing in right now. And, you know, do a little like, it was like yesterday's hits and today's favorites or vice versa. Yeah. And so find like three, you know, find the hook in the song and like edit it together and then you know, use some sound effects to like get in and out. And stuff sure, like that. okay. So it was super fun. They had a very primitive uh, eight-track digital editing workstation. It was one of the first rolling like digital. Oh, sure, yeah. And again, it's like 95. So like Pro Tools was kind of in its, you know, version two or three or something right, like that. Right, so yeah. And um, you had to have a lot of money to yeah, be using it. Yeah, very cost prohibitive. And a, a local radio station was kind of like, well, we can get this all in one box for a lot less. So, right, right. But the screen was maybe like a three or four inch black and white CRT. LCD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, kind of like a like a original Nokia like cell phone. So like got it. Yeah. A lot of like image drag as you did stuff. It kind of like took a while to re-update and stuff. Right, right. Maybe like a TFT screen or something like that. But I just fell in love with it. And then he ended up leaving the radio station and got a job at Willow as like an audio director for the next gen ministry and then also a technical director for Promised Land, they kind of sure. split the role. And within his first week there, he's like, hey, we need sound guys for Impact, the high school group. Okay. You want to come over and check it out? And I had just graduated high school, so, and I was starting to go to college for sound. So I was like, yeah, okay. sure, I'll, I'll come hang out. So that started about a four-year, every weekend, the, there was two of us in the ministry at the time sure. that would flip between monitors in front of house. Okay. And that was what really gave me a a start in like really developing as like a front of house engineer. Sure. But then at the same time, I was starting to wrestle with what do I want to do as a career? And, you know, do I want to be a sound engineer on the road? And like, you know, as a, as a college kid, you kind of wrestle with some of those ideas. Sure, right, right. So then I was like, well, I really like movies. So maybe I'll just go to school for film. Okay. Sound for film. Yeah. Because then I could kind of do both. It's kind of live sound because it's a bigger room, but right, it's right. also a lot of editing and stuff like that. Sure. So, but then I hung around Willow after that and kept running sound and kept volunteering and right, right. met my wife there. And then a bunch of years later, I actually met her again and then we got married. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I heard a rumor that she liked to schedule you on the, yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. you guys are sitting next to each other in the booth. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys probably know her. She's part of the Philo group. Yes, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> She is the Philo group. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> she is the Chelsea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So I ended up going to college, graduating with a degree in film, sound for film. And okay. then through some crazy circumstances, ended up staying in Chicago, did, got a job within the advertising space in Chicago, did, okay. did commercials for a long time. And then just through, through a lot of Willow connections, I was able to start my own company. Sure. And then, right. yeah, that's what I'm doing now is a lot of faith-based NGO type stuff, but okay. also just finished a series for ESPN. So yeah, nice. Yeah. The work that you're doing now is it is it mostly strictly sound design, or is it some like editing and sweetening of the you know the the audio that you're getting? And yeah, it's a lot of Zoom call cleanups. No, <laughs> no, it's uh yeah, it runs the gamut. I would say my typical job is receive something that was shot and edited and clean up the dialogue, add sound design, and then mix it for whatever platform is going to be shown, whether it's broadcast TV, web, in a live event, like a sure. church service or, 
you know, you know, they all kind of need their own special flavor of mix. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. And what? Why is that? Why do they need? Yeah. It? So think of like a web video, something on YouTube. It's going to be a lot more compressed, a lot less dynamic range. It's also going to be compressed data compression wise. So okay. there's some things to think about with that. But versus a church service is really dynamic. You know, think of your worship is like 90, 95 dB, you know, depending on maybe you want to be at 95 dB, but you're at 90 or 85. Sure, you right. know, like that's going to be pretty loud. And then your speech is going to be typically around 65, 70. So there's 20, 30 dB of dynamic range just in your own service right. alone. So a video can have, you know, any number of swings, but I also don't compress the voice as much if I know it's going to be in a church service. Okay. Try and clean up as much background noise as possible because it's really going to stick out like a sore thumb. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, even just making the voice a little bit more consistent because you do feel those swings, you know, between locations or between, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right, so, right. In my earlier days, I was running front of house pretty yeah. consistently. And then I started editing videos and then I would play the video. They'd play the video and I'm at front of house. I'm like, this sucks. Like, this sounds awful. <laughs> what did I do? Yeah, what have I done? Or what haven't I done? And yeah, right. yeah, so it, yeah, I'm like, I got to fix this before I'm sitting, uh, you know, behind the console. And I don't know that uh, many people, I mean, and you're kind of in a similar situation. You're sitting at front of house at yeah. the, the church you attend. And so you're like getting a lot of the videos that you're, working yeah, on yeah that you have done some work on and so i'm guessing that as you're sitting there working you know in the editing process that you're thinking about what's it going to be like sitting yeah there's definitely i think what translates the most is the mix itself will translate there are some contextual you know like eq things that like oh this room is a little bit more mid forward or high frequency forward or mm -hmm. bass forward compared to my room but that's going to be how the room is tuned compared right. to my room is tuned sure I mix in a far field environment. Everything I do is okay. my screen is 12 feet away and then my speakers are behind the screen. And so I get a pretty close approximation of what sure, right. it's gonna sound like through a big PA. Yeah. But yeah, the things that stick out are the like, things that if you just put a headphone set of headphones on, you're like, oh yeah, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. And then you play in a big room and it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think for me, the some of those early uh, videos I was editing I had an anchor speaker. Yeah. That's what I was using right. as so my reference. A lot of so it's like not turned up very loud because I had, I think it was in a cubicle. Yeah. So I'm like trying to be respectful totally. of others around me. And I think the video I'm thinking of was like a man on the street oh, kind yeah. of a thing. It was so much wind noise yeah, and the mic that I did yeah. not hear in that little speaker. And then you get in the room, you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can get rid of all this horrible <laughs> yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I think from that point, I, I did. I got a big pair of headphones and like yeah, where you could hear, hear that more of it. low end sure. or whatever. But but even the distance. So like headphones are so close that you right. make some choices and you're like, oh yeah, the, the music feels pretty good or right. You know, the voice to music relationship feels pretty good. And then you play in the big room and you're like, this music's way too loud. Right. Right. Yeah. Because of the distance, you know, and it, how it plays together. Sure. Right. So I know in uh, in my years working at Willow Creek, there were we did a lot of left channel speech, mm -hmm. right channel, everything else, just so that you could have some control over that. Yeah. Do you see that as like a thing that you should be doing oh, or? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. 100%. I, every job I give, I give a, a left and right split. Willow takes it one step further and they're, <laughs> I think they're- Shocking. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their media server can handle, I think, 12 or 16 channels. So we sort of standardized on like, 
stereo music, stereo sound effects separated, and then two different voice channels, one for like sit down interview, one for like a voiceover kind right, of okay. narrator style. And then having separate click and cue on the video. Sure. So right. that if it if a band's playing to the they have separate control of that. Sure, right. Yeah. So they master every video. I don't even think they put the composite mix or the stereo mix on the video. Okay. So that's been a problem when they go back to archival and like, <laughs> you know, like a regional or like the web guy just wants to post online. Right, like, right. Where's the mix? Because <laughs> everything's All I hear is a separated. Click. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I'll give everything separated, but then I'll also give a stereo file that has voice on left and music sound effects on right. Right. And then the front of house guy at least has some, you know, control over what right what happens i mean it's interesting because in those moments of you know where you're thinking oh man i wish i could hear the voice a little more or i wish the music was less it, it's maybe once or twice in a video right and yeah. it's not it's not like the whole thing is bad but yeah. just being able to give it a little nudge have that little bit of control yeah and i would say most of us are working at such a fast pace like the weekend's coming just get it done and then we're then we move on yeah. uh, to the next one versus you know, if you had a little more time, you'd be able to, and we did this sometimes for the leadership summit where like, all right, let's meet and play it in the room and yeah. listen to it and tweak and adjust. And, but generally we don't have that time. So ha just having it separate, is helpful. I'm in the middle of that right now. So, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're recording this right before the, the yeah. global leadership summit. So yeah. So yeah, I'm getting notes back all, <laughs> all day. Like, Hey, is it, there's this little like, chair squeak and Henry Cloud's piece. Can you, can you get more of that out? You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. The worst, if I can dog something is yeah. when, you know, it's, it's untouched by anybody in the edit. Basically they just create a video right. and sound is like lightly balanced within Adobe Premiere. Yeah. And then they render out a stereo mix. And so you have zero control at front of house. I mean, the tools at front of house are so limited anyway. Right. And most video editors are great on the visual side. They're great camera guys or they're, you know, they all have their sort of right. focus or whatever, but usually sound is not their primary thing. For Otherwise sure. they get into sound. So most of the guys I work with are just happy to like hand it off to someone and, and right. not feel like the pressure to make it sound good. Sure. And yeah, there's tools that I have that are, you know, so even some of the newer stuff is like AI driven where it's like, it's got a, inspect the sound and then it's like oh i can take the wind out or i can take right the hvac noise yeah, that's right. happening right now <laughs> yeah yeah you yeah. could take clothing rustle out like there's some pretty advanced stuff right that you just don't have access to at front of house and then what's worse is if you're trying to correct for some of it so say you have some like room rumble mm -hmm. and then you add music on top of it well the only way to get it out is to high pass filter at front of house it's to high pass filter everything but right then now you lose all the, the energy music. of the music. Right, yeah, right. yeah. So say there's a hiss or something like that, then you start trying to get rid of it in front of the house, but you lose the impact of the music. So right, right. yeah, even just splitting it out left and right gives some chance for some sort of correction. Right. But right. it's definitely not gonna be as good as if you can get ahead a little bit, give it to somebody and have them sweeten it up. Right, right. I can remember in my days of doing video editing. And because I was at front of house, like, okay, I got to make the audio sound good too. I was doing it all in Avid at the time. Yeah. But I can remember that I would finish a video, mm -hmm. however long that took. Yeah. Like visually and storytelling and music in and out and all, finish it. Yeah. And then, you know, sort of get the sign off. And then I would probably spend another day. Yeah. Depending on, I mean, if the video is, let's say, three minutes long, I'm spending, you know, three or four hours 
yeah, fixing the audio. Yeah, right. And I think as you were talking about, like a video person, just like just happy to be done with the, the yeah, story part right, of it. Right. But then to realize I got another, yeah. you know, hour per minute or whatever sure. to well. still work on it. Yeah, and I find those guys are way more interested in at that point once the picture's locked, doing color correction or doing graphics. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know, depending on if they want sound design on the graphics is another subject. But if they they'd rather spend their time doing color correction because sure, that's right. more in line with visual, creative, fun. You know, at that point, right. that's like right. the cherry on top. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's so funny. Oftentimes, I'll give back. You know, version one of the mix and. They're just delighted. They're like, I actually <laughs> like the piece again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they, you know, get so used to all the problems in the sound that it right. sort of takes away some of the the impact for them. Sure. And then right. they get a clean, you know, mix back and they're like, This is this is great. I yeah. love I love this piece. There's probably more than two parts to what you do. Like I was thinking the kind of the audio cleanup, yeah. Mixing, you know. Uh, taking noises out or whatever, and then there's the sound design yeah. side of it. So, looking at the first part, if you're if we're talking about a video that you're going to play in church, yeah. is there kind of a rule of thumb like you typically need to spend so much time for every minute of like finished content on the audio just to yeah. clean it up? Yeah, I usually think about it as a whole project. So, on the low end. Or mm -hmm. the like fast end would be like one hour per finished minute. And sure. that would be including everything. So including, it. probably wouldn't be much sound design, but it'd be like clean up and mix basically. Sure. And then on the high end, I mean like some 30 second commercials I've worked, you know, 10 hours on sure, for, 30, right. for 30 seconds. Right. So like I I was doing a lot of the Wicked Tuna promos. Those okay. are just hard hitting, you know, just whooshes and hits and slams and stuff. Right. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know. 150 tracks of sound effects, you yeah. know, for 30 seconds. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it, so it's like, you know, you can really, you know, beat something to death. But yeah, I'd say on average, typical cleanup and mix is between an hour to two hours yeah. a minute. I mean, I think the, you know, for most people listening to this, they're doing, they're doing a testimony video or something like that. So you've got like a couple of mics and yeah, yeah. some music and- Yeah, you know. some B-roll, maybe you want to put in some like, you know, some ambiences or- right. You see someone walking over coals or something like that, you put some sizzles in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people like handling snakes. Yeah, you know, right, yeah. Some rattles yep. and yep. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the normal church thing. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So most people are, they're editing a video. They're, yeah. They've got the tools in Premiere or something sure, like that. Sure, um, And I'm guessing you have, you know, more advanced things at your disposal. Like, so what are you... Yeah, what are you using? What would you recommend? Like even for somebody that's not going to be totally in the side of, yeah. you know, doing tons of sound editing, but like even simple yeah. stuff. You know, I will I won't work in Premiere just cuz I, I feel limited by it, but it's easy enough for a client of mine to export an AF and a, a reference picture, so like a a Vimeo file. Sure, yeah. And then I can sync them up on my hand and I can give you back something that syncs right up. Okay. But even within Premiere, Premiere supports plugins, you know, VSTs or AUs if you're on Mac. Uh -huh. So you can basically get access to all the wave stuff, all the isotope stuff, and just drop it into Premiere directly. Okay. Um, some of the more, I'd say some of the better tools uh, work offline. So they're not going to be like a track, like a global thing you just drop on your track and it's better. Yeah. Like isotopes, noise reduction. So you find a patch of audio that just has the noise. Right. So the room tone. 
so you pull out the head of a clip or you pull out the tail of a clip and find a spot where no one's talking and it's just the noise in the room. And then you go into the, the plugin and you train it to just that part. Right. And then all of a sudden that part is eliminated and just the voice is left and it's right. magic. <laughs> so what are you then normally using for, for the projects that you're working on? Yeah. You take the audio file, yeah, so I'll get an AF and load it into Nuendo is what I'm using. Okay. It has all the media embedded in it, so you don't have to wrangle all these clips. Right. And then I, I get a copy of the editor's timeline with okay. handles on each side of the edit. So I can tweak a crossfade or, you know, fix a music edit if it's not exactly on the beat, that kind uh -huh. of thing. Okay. And then that also, you know, I can pull the heads and tails out and find a blank spot of, so let's say the interview was shot in six different locations. I can create those six different profiles for the noise reduction. And oh, got then, it. So my typical step would be like clean up the dialogue as much as possible and then try to, well, I guess I first decide if I'm going to use the boom or the lav. Like got it. If the boom has problems, if the room's really echoey or something like that. The lavs, I try not to use them if I can, just because I think boom sound more natural. Okay. You know, it's a normal listening distance. Sure. Lavs feel really close. Yeah. So... And they tend to have a little bit of that throat gravel, like right. kind of, they sound muddy. Sure. So there are better lobs out there that minimize some of that, like the Senkin cause it's like COS1D or something like that. Okay. It sounds right. really good. The Senkins, it's like a $350 lob. So sure, it's, right. it's not cheap, but the DPA stuff sounds really good too. Right. And those are easy to hide and close, but compared to like a Sennheiser, like the sort of entry level kit that a lot of people buy. The, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like an evolution, something like that. You know, right, those come right. with a $40 mic that... Sounds like $40. Sounds like yeah, <laughs> and I need something. So um, that's what's more Kermit-y then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and booms, I like the Sheps, obviously. Sennheiser's got some really nice... Like I sort of have the classic... MKH 416 is like yeah, a $1,000 yeah. mic. And then, yeah, they have the, like, the ME66 is a little bit more affordable. Right. And then they have like the 8000 series, which is modular, so you can swap in and out capsules. Sure, right. But yeah. I have a Neumann KMR81 maybe. Okay. That's what I use for Foley. But okay. I know my buddy Kevin, who got me into sound originally, has the DPA shotgun that he uses on set. And sure. It sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, decide between the two. Then I'll try and clean it up as much as I can in the sense of like get rid of background noise or get rid of clothing rustle. You know, every situation is going to be a little different. So sure, there's not right. like a magic bullet like run this one plugin and it's perfect. And everything you know? sounds perfect, yeah. Um, at that point, usually I'll do a bunch of just editing. Like, um, I love editors, but they clip off K's and T's. So, okay. you know, at the end of a, like, tick, the little at the end of tick, uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll cut that off. So I'll find that. And then if it's voiceover, I'll take out the voice or the breaths. <laughs> okay. If it's voiceover, oh, yeah. I'll take out the just voice. Just leave the breath. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> If it's dialogue, depending on, you know, I'll even go as far as if they're off camera and they do they throw in an um, I'll try and clean that up for them. But okay. Yeah. So just make sure the edit's really clean. And then I'll actually run it through an external box made by Cedar. It's a dialogue noise reduction box. Okay. It's a broadband noise reduction. So even though I'll do a pass of noise reduction with Isotope, I'll do another pass with the Cedar and they they complement each other really well. Okay. So I won't beat it up too hard with the isotope, and then I won't beat it up too hard with the cedar. I'll just try and, between the two of them, it'll get it to the right. place where it's really clean. So after the noise reduction pass with isotope, isotope has a AI-based mouth declicker. 
Okay. So <laughs> some people are really clicky. So that's like a set and forget it kind of thing. You just run it through it. And sure. then I really like the Zynaptic stuff. He's got two that I use quite a bit. One's Unfilter and one is Unveil. Unfilter is sort of a, a tonality. Like I'm still going to EQ it later, but this gets some of the resonance out. So if someone has a natural like bump around like 200 hertz, this will, using FFT, like find it and then it'll kind of pull it back towards a normal. Sure. Okay. Like, so especially with church PAs, they tend to be very low mid heavy right. with dialogue. And so this gets it a little bit more neutral, so it sounds good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so then run it through Cedar, and then I have my typical, like, compression, deasing, all that stuff kind of at the end. Right. And then do you listen to it in your car or on a TV or <laughs> no, something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do have little computer speakers that I can switch to. Most of my stuff doesn't get played in the car, so. Right, <laughs> that's true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Music does all the time, so I know guys who, there's a mastering house that actually has a car in their Oh. mastering house that yeah. I can go yeah. walk over and play it on the car. That's funny. Yeah, like I put it on a cassette tape and pop yeah, it in. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of talking about, uh, you know, dialogue cleanup and, you know, making a video sound good and, you know, for the for our audience, you know, the kind of the typical what we're doing. Yeah. When you start getting into sound design, like are you, yeah, what what does that process look like? That feels a little more, what you've been talking about feels very technical. There's creativity Problem solving. involved. Yeah. The sound design feels a lot more, I mean, there's technical things involved, but it feels like more of a creative yeah, 100%. endeavor. Yeah, so my primary driver is what is the emotion of the piece? Mm -hmm. And the music's definitely giving clues to that. I'm asked to embellish music from time to time or add, add sound design that complements the music. And it definitely like, makes it feel more custom. Okay. There are some, there's some language behind when I talk to a client and they're like, I want to feel it more than I want to hear it, okay. which is like, they're looking for something really subtle, especially in church videos. You don't want to like have a Overdo big, like, it, yeah. yeah, that six punches. Yeah. Know. Comet coming in, exploding on the, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> bam. Yeah. So there's like, there's like a subtlety component versus like a, you know, in your face kind of thing, but also the like feeling versus Foley is something we joke around about. Okay. So, you know, I want to add rumbles or whooshes or, you know, risers and bass drops, stuff like that, yeah. that play into the emotion as opposed to like footsteps and like clothing rustle and right. Right. You know, people talking chatter, you know, like more natural, like things you would hear in a movie. Sure. Right. So, um, yeah. So a lot of like, videos that like a story video in a church, they're going to be trying to convey an emotion or like right. tell a story. So having, you know, a long riser that kind of crests at the right moment is going to create an emotion of like anticipation and then like payoff. Um, I love bass drops that add, you know, just super subtle, but they add this like movement in the low end that kind of carries you from one part to another or right, right. gives you a little bit of, you know, interest in the, in the low end that, Again, it's super subtle, but some people have given a name to my bass drops, the, <laughs> the RPBD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I appreciate them. Yeah. Yeah, like, right. yeah. If Ryan's working on a video, you know there's going to be a bass drop somewhere. It's like the eagle screech. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Or the, the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Oh, the Wilhelm scream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't as appropriate in church videos. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, so I think sound design can enhance the emotion of the piece without like getting super busy. Right. Well, I mean, I suppose it's a lot like every other discipline in production. It's like you want it to make the thing better. You don't want to it be the thing that everybody's paying attention to. Right. Yeah, like I don't want to show my hand. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't. Oh, those footstep sounds are amazing. You know, it's like or whatever. Yeah. It's like that's not why you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Right. You want it to be set into the piece so that it's believable and not like right calling attention to itself. Sure. Yeah. And would you say the like for from the videos that you're working on for like a church situation versus like the commercials or the yeah. the, the broadcast that the broadcast ones you're doing more actual like sound design like I shouldn't say actual sound <laughs> right, design, right. but like more of the Foley type stuff versus in a church video you're you're just kind of yeah, enhancing it, the moment. Or are they they really similar? They they can be really similar. I like a sit down interview with some B roll, that's gonna be a little bit simpler compared to like a, a narrative driven like we did a video recently at Willow that um, was about this group of women who knit to raise money for Wells. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, yeah. And that felt, it had a very like Wes Anderson style in kind of funny, you know, right, it had a lot of quirky, quirky yeah, moments right. and stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was a mixture of like hard pans in the, you know, they would hard pan to a sewing machine, you know, or something like that. So there's right. a, you know, there's a moment for like a whoosh or something like that to yeah. kind of help motivate the turn. But then there's also like sewing machine sounds and like knitting sounds. So, right, right. you know, so it's, I'd say oftentimes it's a mixture of both, even if someone's like, I don't want footsteps. Um, <laughs> I still try and add in like, you know, make the, make the environment believable right, as much right. as possible. Yeah. But church videos can be as complicated or as simple as, you know, broadcast stuff or film stuff. Sure, right. Yeah, I suppose it depends on the budget and the time frame. And, yeah, right. Yeah, all the... Yeah, and what does the story call for? You right. know, if it's a narrative-based piece, and by narrative I mean, like, you got actors and you're recreating right. something or you're... Maybe it's a sit-down interview, but the recreation component... Right. It's not just B-roll of, like, you know, a neighborhood <laughs> with cars driving by. Or, yeah, you know, I was going to say somebody just staring into the distance. Yeah, yeah right. that, that yeah. was all my B-roll that yeah. I would shoot. Someone touching the wall when they're sad, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Narrative tends to be a little bit more fully heavy. And then the stylized videos, you know, can have, especially if it's a, I'm thinking of some videos that have the intro sequence is pretty grabby, pretty, right. you know, attention getting. And those, you know, it's hard cuts and fast stuff happening. And, you know, you can almost put any kind of sound in there and it'll like <laughs> yeah. work. Right. <laughs> Now, one thing you said, just said that was intriguing to me, you know, it's like, you've seen it all. Yeah. The, I'd be curious, and maybe there is no answer, or maybe the answer is, uh, uh, it doesn't matter, but like, when you get something that is maybe less than, you know, just like subpar or yeah. not done well or whatever, how does that affect what you're bringing to it? I mean, is the, do you have to match the level of, <laughs> of quality that you're getting or... Yeah, I, I don't even know what the question yeah. is, but. I think any video can become better when the sound is good. Okay. So if it's like, you know, and I don't know what the circumstances are, but sometimes like the shoot day doesn't go well or, you know, the weather doesn't cooperate or, you know, it's like there could be any number of factors, you know, right. there could be equipment problems on set or right. you, know, you have a light fail and so the footage is dark or, you know, like who knows. 
But if the sound is good, then I think people buy it better. Sure. It's like you can have the most amazing visuals, and if the sound is bad, then you're gonna you're gonna lose people. You know, there's gonna be a disconnection. And so I always try to, regardless of what it is, you know, I try to bring my my best forward. Sure. I'm a nine with a one wing, so okay. my one wing shows up where it's like it would be unjust for me to deliver <laughs> something that's not my best. Sure, right. It's interesting because the, there's a part of it that I was just watching a ton of church videos okay. recently. Really? For a, um, call it a... A research project? No, 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 <laughs> no. No, I had agreed to like ju- to be a judge oh, for okay. a film festival. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think I had about 30 videos wow. to watch. Yeah. And it was interesting, like partway through, I was struggling with what am I judging here? Yeah, right. Am I judging the camera shots, the selections, the lighting, the like the technical side of it totally. or the story. Right. And so part of it is like, if the story's no good right, or not told well, yeah. I don't care how well it's shot or totally. what it sounds totally. like. Totally. And so- yeah. yeah, the content is king, let's call it. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's our job to tell great stories. Right. First and foremost. Yeah. So yeah, getting to the point of like, yeah, this is a great story. Let's do our best to help it along. Right. The content or the the story is the thing that probably should captivate people the most. Right. And right. then the production side should either complement it or at least get out of the way. Right. So, do you ever find yourself uh, wanting to say something to the the creator, <laughs> or do you just are you at that? Yeah. Where you sit in the kind of you're at the very end of the whole process. You're like, I'm just going to do my best and deliver it. Versus, yeah, that's typically my posture sure if i have a long-standing like some of my clients i've been you know they've been my clients for like 10 years now yeah and if i feel like i can say something that is constructive like hey this shot doesn't seem to work here it feels disjointed or most often i speak into like how can the sound design be better if the edit changes a little bit got it so like okay you're ending the scene and you're jumping into the next scene and i think two seconds would really help this moment breathe better sure okay and then i can create this sound you know, like fall off that just kind of like gives it a breath and then moves into something else. Right, okay. You know, I'll jump back to the editor and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Right. Do you think this would work? You know, I, I kind of rough something together. Do you want to watch this? You know, right. that kind of thing. And usually it goes over really well and they're open to that kind of critique. But I think there's a trust level that needs to be established. Sure, know, right. All that stuff. And I would say too, I mean, I, w- I know a lot of your clients uh, that we're talking about and so they tell great stories. So that's right. yeah. super it, helpful. Yeah, that helps yeah, that a lot. you're working on great, <laughs> great stories. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now, maybe let's jump back to like the capture side yeah, of things. Sure. So you're, you know, by the time you get it, it's too late. Um, yeah in some ways uh, to fix any major problems, but is there, especially again, talking about a church video or whatever, that's typically yeah. a story, like how do you ask people to be capturing those so that oh, you get yeah. the best? So there's a company in Florida that I have been doing a lot of their work for and they are they do great stuff. And I offered up some suggestions on how to make their stuff sound better and even some churches too, just yeah. like, I would always record Boom and Love. Mm-hmm. Just always have a backup. Right. Do you record on the camera? Do you ask them to record as a can, separate yeah. thing? Or Yeah. The quality both. of the inputs on the cameras now are good. They're yeah. fine. So as long as it's XLR in, you know, I wouldn't trust the little like like a eighth inch mini, yep, you know, right, headphone yeah. jack. The cameras input. I have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those can work okay, but they're pretty noisy. Right. So you have to you have to drive in them pretty hard to get over the noise floor. Yeah. You end up getting a lot of hiss with your right. So it's not that they don't work, it's just 
you can probably get better with right. something external. Yeah. Even a little Zoom external recorder is probably right. going to give you a better result. But I joke <laughs> that if a shot is shot out of focus, you'd probably reshoot it. Right. But if there's a problem with sound, most people are like, ah, it's fix you know, it like, in post. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, it's fine. Yeah. The performance is good. The you know everything looked fine. Right. Let's move on. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you got this helicopter. You know, that's like one shot's gonna have a helicopter, one shot's not gonna have a. You know, right, like, right. It's not really much you can do to get rid of it. You can you can reduce it, but right. It's gonna compromise the quality of the voice. Any of these processes I was talking about end up compromising the voice in some way. Right. So the harder you have to drive into those tools, the more it's like a sharpening filter. It's like, yeah, it'll make it sharper, but it's gonna degrade the quality also. Right, right. And I suppose on some level, like maybe even sort of wrapping in this conversation with what we've already talked about is that a lot of video people don't care about audio. Yeah. And so it's probably a good idea to have an audio person with you. Oh, 100%, yeah. Uh, on the shoot, who's thinking about those things. Yeah, even if you're at a church and you have some sound volunteers, whether it's guy or girl, you can invite them to a shoot and they'd probably be happy to lend a hand and they're gonna at least put the headphones on and listen. Right. And you know, at the end of a take, say, good for sound. And then, yeah. you know, away you go. Paying attention to what's in the room is, I can't tell you how many videos I've worked on where the smoke detector is chirping throughout the whole. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I can go into, you know, like Isotope and yeah. RX has an editor where you can just draw a box around the chirp and delete it. But uh -huh. it's it's a lot of extra work for something that like, how long does it take to change a battery really? Right, <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like just paying attention to like, oh, there's a refrigerator that's buzzing in the corner. We right. can probably unplug it for the half hour that we're going to shoot and right. it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Or, hey, let's turn that the AC off just for a little right. while. And, <laughs> you know, like maybe in, in between takes, we can turn it back on and cool it down. But like right. just assessing like what's in the room and what can we do. Sound blankets can do a ton, a ton of help. Even if okay. you can't turn off stuff, you can like, you can block off a big room and make it a smaller room. Right. And it's going to sound so much better than this big cavernous, you know, space. Right. There's a lot you can do on set to make it better. Right. But a lot of it is just like caring and <laughs> paying attention and having some extra tools to, sure. to do it. I mean, I think on some level, the just the advances in technology have made us a little bit lazier in the, oh, you know, well, we can not worry about the color now. We'll fi fix it later. Or the, you know, the white balance on the cameras or the, you know, just the, the list probably goes on and on versus being meticulous at the beginning right. to give your, you know, the best result. Yeah, it's like I can take something that's like a, a D and make it a B. So it's like, okay, I can make it better. But at some point, I'm just making it different. I'm making, I'm not right. making it great. Yeah, I'm just yeah. making it different. But to take a B to an A, you know. Yeah, like and it the, like really sings, yeah, right? right? And it's really great. So that's like, some people are like, oh, is it really worth spending $1,500 on a shotgun compared to a $400 shotgun? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, out the gate, it's going to get you to a B. And then with a mix, it's going to get you to an A, a plus. Right. Versus, you know, a less expensive mic, in my opinion, but I'm, I'm also listening for it, you know, might start you out at a C and as much as you try, it'll get you to a B and right, that's, right. that's about as high, high as you can go. Yeah, right. So there's, the other thing that I think is really helpful is in the day and age of Zoom calls where people are Zooming <laughs> and you do this with your like podcast recording too, is like if they have a way to capture on their end yeah, and then you can sync it up later, that's the best. So 
there's mics that plug directly into cell phones that, you know, it's like you can use your voice memo and plug in the mic. And right, then right. You can do that. You can use voice memo and just keep the phone close in the shot, you know, maybe just outside the shot. Sure. And that sounds good. It sounds better than the built-in laptop mic. Right. So especially when Zoom gets a hold of it and like compresses it and does everything it does. You know, sure, it's right. Like yeah. Just pretty All rotten. the fun things. Yeah. <laughs> we always joke about fix it in post, but the fix isn't ever... Maybe it's not true. I just removed a generator from a scene for a client and it ended up sounding really good. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, it was like a nighttime campfire scene. Uh huh. And you could hear the generator in all the mics. <laughs> and it was pretty prominent in all the mics. And yeah. I was able to get it out. And he was okay. like, I don't know how you did it, but like you got it out and <laughs> and it still sounded good. So like Yeah, my big question is are you gonna be able to get the screaming children right yeah, outside right, the window yeah, out, of right, this, yeah. out of this podcast? Yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately these Dynamic mics don't go very far. Yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, you've kind of mentioned it a little bit. What are some of the, that you are allowed to talk about, some of the projects, the, you know, the interesting projects you've yeah. worked on? Yeah, I'm wrapping up episode two of a series on ESPN right now called Better Days, which is about sports bets and gambling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but all the stories are kind of, none of them are like, oh, I won a million dollars and now I'm like rich and famous. Uh -huh. They're all like funny or like, Kind of quirky or sure right uh we did season one last year okay similarly something right in line with our target demographic <laughs> is i did a documentary about jack daniels oh, last year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called chasing whiskey which is it's a good story it's fun yeah i've done a lot of work and i do a lot of work for the global leadership summit okay most of the story videos and that stuff i get a chance to work on yeah, I'll think of more. Yeah. What uh, What do you think about, uh, what's the most interesting thing you've had to record to then put on? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was looking for, I don't remember what the project was, but I was looking for like, like spackle, like putty. Okay. You know, like I'm going to, it was for maybe like a Habitat for Humanity or something like that video. Okay. And I'm, I was looking for like a putty scrape sound. Right. Uh-huh. And, you know, I didn't have it in my library. And so I ended up grabbing our paint spatula and we didn't have any like spackle yeah, yeah. in the house. Uh -huh. So I ended up using peanut butter. Okay. And <laughs> I was like smearing peanut butter on something you know, <laughs> to get that like scrape sound. Yeah. And then Chelsea comes home and she's like, what in the world? Because <laughs> well, yeah. I just kind of left it out, you know, after I was done. <laughs> she's like, why is there peanut butter smeared all over this place? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love getting my recorder out and running around and like grabbing sounds and then bringing them back and yeah. getting them into projects and stuff. It's great. I work at home, so I have all yeah. the household items that usually end up in videos. So yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of have a little bit of like a Foley space in my in my area, so. Sure, yeah, uh, usually Chelsea will sort of like, hey, how was your weekend? Or what did you do last night? Or, you know, just like catching up on life. And she's like, well, we were somewhere and, you know, Ryan got out his phone and started recording, you know. Like a helicopter or something. Yeah, we were at, yeah. We're just, oh, this, this plane's flying really low. I'm going to get this, yeah, the sound of the plane. Or, hey, I'm going to be out in the garage uh, making lots of noise with the garbage can. So don't be alarmed, you yeah, know. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, uh, <laughs> we were on vacation and we were driving from L.A. to San Diego. And there's a, a military base you know, along the highway there. Yeah. And we had pulled off at the rest stop on our way and there was a, a military helicopter flying by. And so I pulled out my phone and recorded it go by, but I didn't realize at the time, but I had put my wallet on top of the car to oh. do this recording. Okay. Like I just emptied, you know. Yeah. 
get back in the car. We drive all the way to San Diego, get ready to park. And I'm like, I don't have my wallet. <laughs> and so then I was like, I bet it's back at the rest stop because yeah. that was the last place I had seen it. So we drive back there and we're kind of looking all over. We don't see it. We get off the highway. Like we're then we're like, well, I gotta figure this out. So yeah. we just get back in the car. We head back to San Diego, and sure enough, my wallet is sitting like on the side of the road with all the cash taken out, but all the cards at least are in there. Okay. And I had apparently left it on top of the car and it had like fallen, fallen off at off. some point. Yeah, right. And yeah. Someone got what they wanted out of it. Sure. But, right. Um, yeah. So it's it's cost me a couple hundred bucks. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get that that that, that sound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, so. that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely have a an ear out for interesting things. So. Right, right. <laughs> a hazard of... A job hazard. Job yeah, hazard, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's like anybody else uh, that does production, you, you kind of have a hard time turning the gear off or whatever your thing is. Like if you're an accountant, you're probably into yeah. spreadsheets and totally. always on the lookout. For yeah, right. <laughs> some new tool. Reconciliation. Yeah, yeah I don't right. know. But yeah. But, uh, some, yeah. Some new slide rule. Right. Yeah. This one has an extra row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you get to, uh, yeah. Oh, what? That's, I've never heard that sound before. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely geek out on newer tools. I think just like with running sound or doing lights, or it's like the more you get into it, the more you're like, man, I got so much more to learn about this. And right. Right. After 30 years of doing front of house and now audio post, it's like, yeah, I'm just scratching the surface of yeah. like what's possible. Oh, that's so cool. I think being, I was talking to somebody yesterday, just the idea of being a lifelong learner that, you know, it's, I think life would get boring if you just like figured it out and just kept doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. There's a temptation to like, once you figure out like one way to do it, yeah, you're like, yeah, this is, this is good enough or this is fine. But, right. Yeah. I think good enough is a pretty dangerous posture to be in. Sure. It's so, it's such an interesting phrase because I think in some respects, like if you're, if you have problems with perfectionism, right, you need to say that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. But if you, uh, if you're getting lazy, yeah, you need right, to like banish right, it from right. your vocabulary. Yeah, because there's also like the fear of finishing, which there's people who are afraid to finish something. So it's like, sure, you can always keep working on something, but there comes a point where you're like, I need to be done with this and move right. on. Yeah, yeah. But like I said earlier, I have a really hard time delivering anything that I'm not like proud of or right, right. I don't think is good so yeah so i think just even that figuring out where is the line of like i need to be done right i'm proud of it proud enough of it right. or you know whatever right. the yeah. language is yeah yeah because i think yeah, it would be easy to just never finish uh having deadlines is super helpful yeah <laughs> and other people rely on you like i need this by whatever then you have to deliver but right yeah and it also puts you in a posture when someone's like is this as, as good as you can do on, that's usually the biggest note I get back is like, we know we didn't give you great source material to work with, right. but can you do anything else to try and get this hum out or this buzz out or, right, right. you know, especially when it's gonna be played on a big system, it's like that really shines through when we right. test the video. And so then it's like a matter of, well, how much are you willing to compromise on the quality? Right. Like, yes, I can dig into the noise reduction tools more to get more of it out, but you're going to start hearing some of the artifacts of the right. noise reduction. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, trying to walk that line with the, the client too of like, I think this is a good compromise. Right? And oftentimes they'll hear the new version and go back to what I gave them or, you know, like, right, or right. it's like, no, this really helped us out. You know, we're going to go with this version. Sure. 
because at that point it's like, okay, it's just different. It's not better. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. The The Olympics are happening right now. Yeah. And so I've watched a couple of primetime nights of the Olympics and the host has so much noise reduction happen. There's so much going on with his mic. He's outside. Yeah. And just there's something artificial about how he sounds. I'm like, they must be doing so much to this. Yeah. But, you know, his location and, vis- you know, the visual is the most important thing. Right. And so, yeah, let's just make him sound as good as we can. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's all kind of a compromise. Totally. Yeah. yeah. One tip I'll give people is that if you can get rid of the noise before you compress, mm-hmm. that's going to help you out because compression is always going to bring up the noise even more. Right. It's, it's it's pulling down the loud stuff and it's bringing up the quiet stuff and the quiet stuff is where the noise is. Right, right. So yeah, in those sports broadcast situations, they compress the life out of those voices. <laughs> Excellent word choice. Yeah, I was <laughs> searching for something, yeah. Yeah, they compress voices really. And it, part of it's the sound, the like, you know, sports announcer. Right, right. Like gravel sound, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to bring up any kind of outdoor noise. And, you know, it's like you have everything else that's going on around you. Right, come right. Come in. But yeah, some of the tools that they have these days are Cedar makes a little box that, you know, you can put that gets rid of ambient noises, you know, pretty, it's like a one button thing. Sure. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it on shoots because then you're destructively get, getting rid of noise before, you know, like before the recording. Right, right. But <laughs> yeah. If you have like a director listening in or you have, you know, like a client village or something like that where yeah, lots of people are listening, lots live, of people yeah. are watching it on, you know, then it's like, okay, putting something in between, you know, your records and them, right. That can be helpful sure, right. to try and give Minimize them a better the questions. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. yeah. Yeah. Are we going to be able to get this noise out? Yeah. Or huh. just get rid of the noise to begin with. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, this has been fun to yeah. Yeah, do a little talk, a little technical, talk a little, yeah, high level. Yeah, how to do audio for video. So, sure. yeah, yeah, thanks for making time. Yeah, my and pleasure. good luck with this edit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. I have a few favorite subjects to talk about when it comes to production. Color temperature and lighting for video is one, and this one, audio for video, is a very close second. I love Ryan's mix of artistry and like super techie. Uh, he understands all the technology going on with all the plugins he's using, but he really is using all those tools for the sake of telling the whole story. I think it could be so easy to get caught up in you know what new plugins or fancy tools, or if I only had that piece of gear, it's real easy to lose sight of kind of the larger picture. And I think Ryan does such a great job of balancing out his skills and the tools he uses so that the sound design becomes transparent. Basically, so that people who are watching, they don't even know that it was sound designed. So anyway, you can go to our website, philo.org, and check out the show notes for more details about some of the tools that Ryan uses, as well as some links to some of the projects he's worked on. Anyway, some amazing stuff there. So thanks for taking time to listen to our podcast. We've recently just passed 100,000 downloads, which is kind of amazing. And I just love the idea of technical artists from around the world becoming more effective by listening to the conversations that we have here. So if you want to stay up to date on everything we have going on, consider subscribing to our podcast just to keep the great content at your fingertips at all times. And you can also keep up to date on all things Philo by subscribing to our newsletter at philo.org. 
You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at Philo Community and on Twitter at at Philo Conference. All right, it's been good to be with you. Until next time. Bye.